First Peter 5. Let's go there in our Bibles tonight. First Peter 5. We're beginning a series of sermons tonight on spiritual warfare. And we need to ready ourselves for the, for the battle that we are already in. We're in the middle of a spiritual battle, whether we want to admit it or not. As believers in Jesus Christ, if you're a follower of Christ, you're in the middle of a spiritual battle. The battle has already begun, and we need to equip ourselves for that battle. To do that, we need a foundational understanding of what spiritual warfare is. And I want to start tonight with what the Bible says about the believer's enemy. We will not have a good handle on the spiritual warfare that we are already involved in without a clear understanding of what the Bible says about the enemy. So let's start there. We have an enemy. Some people would like to believe that Satan isn't real, but we do have an enemy. He is the enemy of our souls. And we should be aware of what he is doing. So how can we know what he is doing? Well, we can know that from the Bible. So let's start with 1 Peter 5. I think I sent you there earlier. 1 Peter 5. Let's go to verse 8. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So this is where we start. Satan is real. We have a very real enemy. C.S. Lewis, in his book, uh, The Screwtape Letters, wrote, There are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. They themselves are equally pleased by both errors. Have you read Screwtape Letters, a book by C.S. Lewis? It's like an ongoing conversation amongst the devils, uh, demons, to prepare and equip believers with uh, the kind of spiritual activity that's going on with the devils. I think he's right when he writes this. And we want to avoid both extremes in our studies, but we dare not deny that Satan exists. So we start here. The devil is real. Now some people wonder why. Why do Christians make such a big deal about Satan? Are we just being superstitious? No, we are not being superstitious. A quick search of the Bible using my Bible program on my computer, and I turned up over 100 references to the devil and his work. Now, the Bible uses titles like the devil, Satan, Beelzebul, the tempter, and the serpent, and other, other names. So we are not being superstitious about the devil. God lovingly shows us in the Bible the reality of our enemy. Things that help us keep alert for him. The Bible shows us things that help us know what he's like. That help us know what he's doing. How he's acting. How he tries to get access to us. 
Satan is real. We need to know this too. He is also powerful. That's the whole point here of 1 Peter 5.8. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So he is powerful. We also need to know that the devil is not everything that some people make him out to be. Some see the devil behind every problem. Some see the devil at work in every illness. Some credit the devil for every human failure. No, we can goof things up pretty easily ourselves without the devil's help. We can't blame everything on the devil. If you aren't discerning about which TV preachers you watch, and there aren't many on TV you should watch, you're going to hear them talking about the demon of envy and the demon of lust and the demon of alcoholism and all the rest. That's not what we're talking about. That's not biblical. We also need to be careful not to overreact about those mischaracterizations of the devil and neglect what the Bible does teach. Notice it says here in 1 Peter 5, 8, he is like a lion. It says he is like a roaring lion. I'm thankful for these biblical word pictures that help sober us up about Satan's activities. He is not sleeping. We could also say from this that he is angry. He's also seeking. He's looking. He's searching. He is not taking it easy. He's not lazily looking around for someone to irritate. He is very deliberate. He's prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. He doesn't want to merely slow you down in your day. He doesn't want to just give you a bad hair day. The devil wants to destroy your victory over sin. He wants to destroy your faith. He wants to destroy your marriage and your family. He is real. He is powerful. So where did Satan come from? Notice this also. The devil is a fallen angel. Note it. The devil is a fallen angel. Let's go to Revelation chapter 12. Revelation 12. We don't know when angels were created. In fact, that's another topic entirely. But at some point in time between their creation and Genesis 3 something happened to some of the angels we see one as the evil serpent in the garden Genesis 3 1 what happened well a large group of angels rebelled against God their maker listen to Revelation 12 9 and the great dragon was thrown down that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. Note, too, that in Matthew twenty-five forty-one, Jesus also refers to the devil and his angels. So Satan led a group of angels in rebellion against God. And Revelation 12, 3 refers to Satan as the great red dragon. That may be where we get this mischaracterization of Satan as devil being a, a 
a red a red dragon in a you know this cartoon character in a red suit with pointy ears and a pointy tail not so as we'll see in a moment revelation 12:4 seems to refer to how many angels followed the devil his tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth and many bible scholars believe this is referring to the number of angels who rebelled with satan being one third of all the angels Peter, in 2 Peter 2.4, refers to an angelic rebellion where a number of angels were cast down from heaven and then limited in their realm of activity. And here's 2 Peter 2.4. God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment. And then in Jude 6, we also have this reference that touches on the subject and says, And the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling, he has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. And so the devil is a fallen angel. Now let's go to Second Corinthians 11. 2 Corinthians 11. The Bible also shows the devil to be an angel of light. Look at 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 14, where it says of the devil, For even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Here's the point. Satan is a counterfeiter. He likes to counterfeit what God does. He's trying to get people to oppose the kingdom of God and worship him instead. So Satan comes as an angel of light. And we are tempted to think that we don't see the devil at work in our lives all that much. But it helps to understand what's going on when the Bible shows us that the devil is an angel of light. He wants you to think you know what he looks like. The devil is, again, not that red, pointy-eared, and pointy-tailed cartoon character. He disguises himself. And we're not likely to know when he's working. Working to tempt us. Working to destroy our spiritual vitality and health. The devil comes in disguise. And you will not recognize him. He is darkness. But he comes as an angel of light. And when you least expect it, The devil may be working to tempt you to sin and tempt you to distrust God, disbelieve his promises. We even need to be on guard against the devil being at work in what some might declare is the teaching of God's word. We must be ready to test everything that we hear and everyone that we meet who claims to speak the things of God and measure it against the truth of God's word. That's why we need to center our lives on the Bible. You need to know the Bible so that you can shine the light of truth on all that you see and hear. So this person claims to speak the things of God. Are they? Are they really? We must be discerning because the devil is an angel of light. And 2 Corinthians 11 is an example of this. 
the fact that Satan is an angel of light is being pointed to here. 2 Corinthians 11, verses 13 through 15 says, For such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will correspond to their deeds. So, not everyone who says they speak for Christ truly is speaking for Christ. Not everyone who says they stand for Christ truly does. And God's people need to test the message. and Test the messenger against the truth of the Bible. Satan comes as an angel of light. And he leads false teachers to lead the church astray. And we can see that happening in the church at large today, can't we? Well, the slow, steady creep of the church at large away from the foundational truths of the Bible. It's clear the devil is active and has many false teachers. The devil also plants weeds among the wheat. Devil plants weeds among the wheat. Who are the wheat? Well, we are the wheat. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're the wheat. God's church, God's people are the wheat. This is also not something we can easily see with our eyes. The devil likes to sow weeds in the church. The weeds are unbelievers, not real followers of Christ. There can be people in the church who maybe say the right words and even go through the right motions, but they don't really know Jesus. And I'm not talking about being on guard against any unbelievers coming to church. Boy, we if we meet unbelievers and we can encourage them to come to church and hear the gospel proclaimed, we welcome unbelievers in our midst to hear the truth of the gospel. But what we're talking about is people who look like believers, who act like believers, who say they're believers, who who say the right things and seem to go through the motions, but at heart, they have never truly trusted in Jesus Christ. And they don't really know Jesus. Matthew chapter 13. Let's go there and think about these verses. Matthew 13, verses 38 and 39. We hear this. The field is the world. And the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. So we get this word picture here. We get this idea, this clear teaching that there will be weeds, weeds among the wheat, unbelievers among believers in the church, unbelievers who appear as believers, who will even bring in false teaching. And so we have an enemy. We have an enemy. The devil, he is real. He is powerful. He is a fallen angel, an angel of light. He is a deceiver. Remember that the devil is certainly interested in people who don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. He is busy at work. Listen to 2 Corinthians 4, verses 3 and 4. And even if our gospel is veiled... It is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. 
The devil is busy at work. And he certainly wants to keep unbelievers darkened in their understanding of the gospel. But what he really wants is to bring defeat and discouragement and desperation into the lives of believers so that we separate ourselves from the resources that God is giving us in his word and by his spirit and in his church. In fact, that's one of the concerns I have for people who who begin going through a hardship or a difficulty. It could be financial, it could be relational, it could be uh, job-related, it could be just certain life circumstances that become very difficult, and they begin getting discouraged, and, and often the first thing they do is remove themselves from the fellowship of the church. They stop coming to church. That's one of the things that I'm concerned about for people who are not coming to church during this COVID situation. If people refuse to come back to church, if people do not come back to church over the long haul, boy, this is giving Satan a a real foothold in their lives. This is a real concern for believers who separate themselves from the fellowship of God's church. This is one of the gifts that God gives believers along with the Spirit and the Word and prayer to strengthen people in their walk with Christ. You need the church. That's why James 4, 7 tells us to submit, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I love the order of this. The order of things here is not resist the devil and then submit yourself to God. No, it's submit yourselves therefore to God and all that he has given you. He's given you his spirit. He's given you his word. He's given you prayer. He's given you the church. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, we're going to come back to this in the coming weeks, and we're going to continue this thought about our enemy next time. But we need to know this. The devil hates Jesus and wants to hurt him. The devil wants to defeat Jesus, the one who gives all good things to us, who gives us everything we need to live courageous and joyfully victorious lives. The devil wants to defeat Jesus and his children. That is the battle that's going on. That is the battle that we are engaged in. We are engaged in a warfare for truth. That is why we need to be people who pursue the truth, who know God's word, who hide God's word in our hearts, who read and read and read the Bible. It's Jesus the devil hates. But it's also Jesus, the believer, loves. We love our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now we're going to learn more of what the Bible teaches us about the devil next time, but listen to this. And this is so encouraging. There is hope. 1 John 4 gives us confidence with these words when speaking of false teachers who do the devil's work. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, But test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the Spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming, and now is in the world already. Little children, you 
are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world.